It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome to another edition of the IDP Corner. My name is Justin Varnes. You can follow me on Twitter at DownWithIDP. I'm one of two fantasy analysts handling the IDP section or the IDP <clears throat> corner, if you will, uh, over at FantasyPoints.com. With me, as always, is my partner in crime, Mr. Thomas Simons. Thomas, what you got for me tonight? I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. Have I ever told you I hate trash cans? It was like a combination of Popeye and Oscar the Grinch. I like it. Uh, Oscar the Grouch. That game uh, tonight was brutally obnoxious. <laughs> I mean, the game was okay. It said stinking trash cans and then metal trash cans and the metal banging that you hit, heard every time the Jets got the ball. It's not like we were game. just about to say that. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, I tell you, I tell you the other sound of banging I heard, which was which was a lot of IDP production. Uh, that was actually nice from for what looked like a like a, a pretty sloppy game. We had actually some pretty nice performances. Had a uh, had a couple of defensive uh, touchdowns as well. Uh, what what'd you like in this game? Ding ding ding, ding 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 ding. Breaking news: The Cleveland Browns had two of their hiding scoring IDPs were linebackers. <laughs> oh my lord. CNA Tacky Tacky and, and JOK led the team in tackles. Believe it. I love it. It's about time that happened. And and uh, you know, I had mentioned, I think I'd mentioned last week on the podcast, I know I'd mentioned in my in my betting articles, uh, that one of the things that we had noticed was that um uh, we had read that uh first of all, we had seen that uh Jeremiah Owusi Koromoa has been playing better. Uh, just just making more impact plays. The game seems to have slowed down a little bit for him, uh, and uh, and he was rewarded by being an every down player. Now this happened last week, but the Browns were in such a blowout game that they actually rested their starters. So the first chance for us to see Koromoa actually be an every down linebacker was also stripped from us. So my hope tonight was that somehow the Jets could keep it close enough that we could see a full game out of JOK. It's exactly what we got. And he had 11 tackles, seven of which were solo. He, was, he just was was all over the field. And that's the sort of thing that we've been dying to get out of any of our Cleveland yes. Brown linebackers. It was nice that Taki Taki also had a really strong, he actually out-tackled uh, JOK by a good amount. He had 16 tackles, 11 of which were solo. So solid games. If you, if you had to start either of these players, which need Neither of them were top 40, even really, linebackers for much of the season. If you were at a position that in your fantasy championship, you had to start a Cleveland Browns linebacker, you're sitting pretty good right yeah, about Exactly. And, and, and it's, it was unique to see how the Browns defense uh, schemed with four different safeties. I mean, they used uh, Hickman and Thornhill uh, when when they needed you know a pass coverage situation, uh, and they they threw Bell in there as well, and Harmon, the veteran former New England Patriot, came in and, and on the run defense. So they used four different um, 
safeties and they used them depending on the scheme or the, the what the play was governing um, on the offense. So at, at first I thought this was going to be a really good game and that both really good defenses were just giving up tons and tons of, of gap gashing yardage. But it was ultimately the Jets offense and the Cleveland defense that really put this game into perspective. So uh, what were your thoughts on this defensive um, showcase and when you had two strong defenses and only one of them really showed up? Well, yeah, you know, like we had talked about, the linebackers it was great to see that from from um, uh, from the Browns. Also, some solid play out of the safeties for the Jets. Uh, both uh, Jordan Whitehead and Tony Adams had eight tackles. CJ Mosley had eight tackles. Qu- Quincy Williams only came up with seven tackles. I was hoping to get a little bit more out of him. Uh, uh, he was one of the guys I I, I put up for a, a prop bet. Uh, last night or tonight uh we went three and one in our prop bets one of the big prop bets that i put up in our discord channel uh i'm not you it's tough to bet sacks sometimes there's such high variance but one of the things that we noticed was that um miles garrett has been playing great putting up tons of pressures has not had a sack in the last several games that lowered his line to about i think it was like minus 125 in a game like this going against the jets o line that line should have been more like minus 210 or minus 170 or something like that so we took advantage took a stab at that and miles garrett uh, uh happily rewarded us with the sack early on in the game so if you had miles garrett he got you three solos and a sack so that's, that's a pretty solid outing for your uh for your dl1 so overall luckily if, if you're playing uh, in the championship week and if you're listening to this podcast chances are you are playing in the championship week if you had an idp playing tonight most most likely they came in strong for you. You know, it, you you mentioned the fact that you, you put a play on um, Garrett getting a sack against the Jets. After last weekend's game, the Jets moved into second highest um, sack totals given up this year in the NFL coming into Week 17. Both New York teams lead the league in sacks allowed. The Giants had allowed 77 coming in, and the Jets had allowed 61. They even climbed over the Commanders. So that was a great call on the on the sack for uh, Garrett, especially with the fact that you knew sooner or later he, he had to start producing, and he was going up against a team that lately has just been giving up boatloads of sacks. Absolutely. So after a great start to uh, uh, week 17, let's uh, let's dive in and see if we can't help a few more of our listeners make it all the way to the championship. Well, let's start off with the Colts. We have a definitive play and a hit or miss play at linebacker for them. If EJ Speed is active, he is a must start. And Zaire Franklin is a hit or miss fantasy option for people out there. Uh, if Speed is inactive, then Franklin is a must-start, but, but both of them were hits last week against a run-oriented Falcon squad. And this one really hurts me because this is one of the reasons why I hate fantasy football. <laughs> I had Zaire Franklin in, in, a, in my lineup going into the week in a championship game in a very large league that has 32 te- uh, thirty-two roster positions, does full-blown IDP and offense. And I went in favored. I had been romping through the whole season, and I had a decision to make at linebacker, especially with the fact that Jordan Hicks got activated on Saturday. So I didn't know. I had You and I talked about this before we did our podcast last week, and I picked your brain on it. And you said you'd, you would go with Zaire Franklin, and, and I did. 
But then when they activated Hicks, I, I said, oh, God, he's going to wear the green dot. So I went with Hicks. And then he turned around and said, well, you know, wait a minute. If Pace is active, then I'm not sure about that. So I went back to Franklin and I did this yo-yo Franklin Hicks, Franklin Hicks. And then finally I said, I can't trust either of them. And I went with Alex Anzalone and I lost by one and a half points. No. (laughs) (laughs) Anzalone got two (laughs) tackles. Yeah. Whereas Franklin got 29 points and Hicks got 19 points in my league. And I got three points out of Anzalone. I lost. See, folks, it even happens to us. We we, uh, we oh agonize boy. over the stuff just as much as you do. I'm gonna I'm gonna think about that one all summer. But this is the week they <laughs> the the Colts play the Raiders, and they run the Raiders run the ball just 42 percent of the time, and that does not help Franklin. It's not the Falcons that are not running the ball 50 percent of the time. So, speed is a must start. Franklin is a reach. I like that analysis. Uh, I wanted to uh, point out something that's happened with the Chargers defense. Uh, defense uh, With the regime change there for the Chargers, we saw a shift in their usage for their safeties uh, last week. It was Jalen Hawkins back uh, playing in two deep safety looks with Aloe Gilman, and Derwin James was mostly just the slot defender. Uh, he did get 10 snaps near the line of scrimmage, but mainly he, he was the slot defender. He luckily logged eight tackles for you, which is solid, but he only played 75% of the time. So uh, now what we don't know is if whether that's going to continue this week or not. Was that a one-time thing or, or are they going to try and stick this out? They will likely try and stick it out. So, um, I mean, again, even as a, excuse me, even as a slot defender, Derwin James is, is worth starting. But hard to imagine him having one of those monster 10 or 12 right. or, or 14 tackle games. What I do like about him being in the slot, however, is he is an excellent pass rusher. My guess is they will rush him more. Uh, so at least in big play leagues, he's worth starting. But man, if you've been riding Derwin James, who's who's been a top five safety uh, th- this year, and you probably would have had to have drafted him highly, uh, he's been coming through for us. It's tough in, the, in your championship week to see that uh, we have a little concern about Derwin James. The other part I want to mention is that if you're in deep leagues and you're desperate for safety help, uh, don't um, don't discount Jalen Hawkins, who's now uh, basically played a ton of snaps for him last year. That's a, that's one of those like deep reach. I've got nobody left. Everybody else is scooped up. Hawkins is probably still out there and is likely going to play heavy snaps this week. You know, we've talked about teams getting to this point in the season and they're not in the playoff hunt. So they start evaluating talent and start mixing and matching and doing different things that they wouldn't normally do if they were in a playoff hunt. And this is a classic example of what we were talking about. Now, we've been warning you about teams randomly placing IDPs on injured reserve, and Green Bay could be one of them with linebacker Devondre Campbell. Now, Campbell came out publicly in, in, in on social media and stated that he didn't want to play injured. So the team gave him the whole week off last week, and with Campbell inactive, Isaiah McDuffie was once again uh, stepped up and, and took over and, and did well, posting eight total tackles. He had, uh, excuse me, I, I believe it was, yes, he had eight total because he had one on, on um, special teams. He, he had a tackle for a loss as well, and now McDuffie's steady play could allow the Packers to let Campbell sit another week and maybe even put Campbell on IR who, you know, at this point in time, you have to be really careful. I know that Campbell hasn't practiced. I'll mention this in the injury report. He hasn't practiced this week. So 
there's a possibility by the end of the week they make a decision that, hey, his mind just isn't there and, and he's not into it, so we're going to put him on IR. Or they send him another week, hope that he can get himself mentally prepared and, and ready in case they make the playoffs. Yeah, you've been on 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 top of that. Uh, that that the shift for uh, particularly on the uh, IDP side of the ball uh, starts happening before week eighteen. We always think of week eighteen as being the chaos week, but we definitely start seeing uh, that a little sooner, uh, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. So good call with that. I'm going to mention another one uh, that really could impact your your week uh, this week. Julian Blackman. Uh, he's been a solid starter all season for us. He plays a heavy box safety role for the. Colts, one of the few teams that still plays a ton of their strong safety uh, snaps uh, exclusively in the box. So he's been really reliable, you know, five to eight tackle kind of guy. Um, well, Blackman was injured, and I know Tom's going to update us on that later. Uh, but Nick Cross, uh, somebody we thought might actually start last year uh, in this in this role before they elected to um, sit him and eventually move to uh, Julian Blackman. Cross should step right into that Blackman role, that that strong safety role, which means I think four to seven tackles is a solid solid range for Cross this week. If you need a solid DB2 or DB3, uh, Cross might still be out there. might be time to fire him up. You know, my partner in crime was all over safety, Brian Branch, in our uh, podcast back in week 10 and last week. You did a great job with Branch, and he did not disappoint in Week 16, posting six total tackles. He had five solos and assists, plus five big plays. He had a sack, a pick, two passes defended, and a forced fumble. If you haven't followed Justin's advice on on grabbing Branch by now, what are you waiting for? <laughs> yeah, he's been a. I mean, he's been one of the best uh, rookie uh, defensive players of the year, in my opinion. I mean, he's he's filled a bunch of different roles for them. He hasn't just been the slot defender. Now, the last couple of games, he's been exclusively a slot defender, almost exactly in the same um, position that we were just talking about with Derwin James, somebody who can rush the passer, which is what we saw there. We saw him get a sack, uh, force fumble, uh, also had, had a great uh, interception. But he is playing more like 75%. Uh, and so six tackles is solid um, uh, numbers, particularly for a slot defender. The big question now is what's going to happen if CJ Gardner Johnson actually plays this week? We still don't know if he's going to play. He, he, he practiced last week. They decided not to fire him up. They still haven't decided if they're going to this week. If they do, who leaves the field? Uh, defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn has said over and over again, the best players will play when asked about the safety rotation. Gardner Johnson is a gr- obviously a great all-around safety. This is a guy who can play in any of any basically any uh, defensive back uh, position. Maybe not. You don't want to leave him on the outside for too long, but he can certainly play. Matter of fact, he's excellent in the slot. He's an excellent slot defender, which is Branch's role. So uh, I think they're going to keep Branch as their slot defender. Uh, uh, they might move. Uh, they might move Gardner Johnson uh, and instead to replace Melifonwu. But Melifonwu actually has been really playing well last couple of games. So they've got. Uh, they've got. 
CJ Gardner Johnson, if he plays, they've got to figure out what where he's going to go with with where Branch is going to go. Do they keep Kirby Joseph and Malafonwu as their as their deep safeties? Uh, all of these guys now are playing ahead of Tracy Walker. Um, and then the last thing is, is they still need some um, some help next to Alex Anzalone uh, in the box. So there's a lot of things that can happen here. Hard to trust a whole lot of players here. If if I'm playing any of these guys. I, I'm positive they're going to use Branch somewhere. He's just playing too well, and they'll likely keep him as a rookie. They're likely going to keep him in the position he's excelling at. It's a lot to ask him to take on a greater responsibility deeper in the back in the in the secondary, whereas CJ Gardner Johnson could do that all day long. Uh, the one I'd be most worried about would be Melifonwu, and there's no way I'm starting Tracy Walker this week. Yeah, and, and you bring up a very valid point that they trusting him is the key word here is trust and, and whether or not you can trust that. Now, CJ's been limited in practice so far uh, all week and they have not activated him or promoted him or elevated him to the active roster after opening the 21 day window from injured reserve. And that's kind of a, 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 a ear, you know, a, a red flag right there. And the fact that they, already clinched the division so all they're fighting for now is is a playoff um seed and of course by you know playing dallas they're they're now fighting for the third playoff seed to jump up into the third playoff speed and even try and make a run at the number one overall seed after the 49ers got hammered by the ravens so that's an interesting call and and i i I honestly personally think that if cj plays this week it's going to be more of a snap count kind of thing and he will be more in the box i don't think they're going to push put him out there for you know 80 percent of the defensive plays in, uh, in his first game back yeah i agree with that uh speaking of safeties uh you got a big one coming up here. Wow. I, you know antoine winfield created a conundrum for many fantasy owners this past weekend he was a late add to the friday practice report uh, injury report with a did not practice designation due to a calf injury. Now I spent two days trying to find out w- just how severe this injury was and whether or not he was questionable or he was doubtful or whether he would be out and playing in a four o'clock game Eastern time. Um, th- that only made it worse for, as owners would not find out until the last half, af- you know, after l- late eight, late afternoon, if he was even active. Now, there's not much you can do in these situations, but you either gamble and roll a dice with him or you shut him down. Now, if you can use a, a late window Sunday night or Monday IDP uh, replacement to swap out if Winfield is inactive, well, then you do so. But if he's active, you start him even if he doesn't miss, uh, even if he does miss practices this week. Winfield obviously played last week and he had a heck of a game. Uh, let's talk about another safety. Um, we're, we're pretty safety heavy here, but we'll get into some other guys here pretty soon. But I want to talk about Cam Curl. Cam Curl's had a stellar season, uh, but it really has taken a nosedive lately. You would know this if you've been starting him. Uh, you know, his seven, eight, 10, 12 tackle games, uh, they have, they've gone the way of the dodo. And I, I, so I took a deep dive this week into why that might be happening. And I think it's mostly just poor play. 
Um, it's it, he could be injured um, and just kind of playing through it, uh, or it could just be that the season has worn on him. Lord knows the Commanders aren't aren't playing their 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 best ball, um, and obviously it's a long season. Sometimes you know we we love to believe that all these players can play one hundred percent. You know full bore the whole season, but that's just not the case for everybody. So um, what we have noticed is that uh, he's missed uh, seven tackles in his last four games. Uh, He only missed six tackles total in his first 11 games. Um, Earlier in the season, like for the first nine games, every single, uh, I I went and looked through some of his PFF charts, some of his, his, his grades uh, for as much weight as you put into that, but he graded above average every single week for the first nine games. The last four games, every single game he's, he's been below average. Um, So it's, I don't think it's really, I mean, alignment wise, he's played a little bit more deep safety than usual, but not by such a large amount that I don't think it would matter. Um, he's also seen his slot snaps dip a little bit. <clears throat> he, early in the season, he was getting about, you know, 15 or 20 a game. And those slot snaps can really help uh, with, with tackles. Uh, now he's down to about five to seven per game. Again, not a large dip, but if you add up, he's playing a little bit more deep safety, a little bit less in the slot. Uh, he's missing some tackles uh, and not quite playing at the at the elite level he was playing at earlier in the season. I think all of that is the reason he's gone from a must start DB one to more like a mid level DB two. Uh, and you know, uh, let, while we're talking about the commanders uh, and and some good calls that we've had, uh, Thomas has got a guy that uh, he told you about last week that I think came through pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna get us out of the the secondary and into the box with. Um, Washington's linebacker uh, Kaliki uh, Hudson, who we, as you mentioned, we talked about him last week. Now, hopefully, you heeded our advice and snagged him because he he turned around by posting a team leading fifteen total tackles last week as he posted ten solos, five assists, along with two pass defended. Now, the cat is out of the bag on this kid, so you may not be able to grab him off, off the waiver wire, or there are others, others who will be seeking his services. So you may be hard-pressed to get him. But if you can, Hudson is a solid pick this week uh, going into Week 17 in your championship game. Yeah, I like that one. Great call, man. Uh, if you've been disappointed in Micah Parsons' sack totals lady, lately, uh, he's had just one and a half sacks. <laughs> lady. <laughs> lady? Oh, lady. Oh, lady. That'll be next week. Um, he's had just one and a half sacks in his last four games, which sounds absurd to be disappointed by only one and a half sacks in his last four games. But yeah. we are talking about literally the best pass rusher in the league. Exactly. Who is He's been at, he before that he was averaging more than a sack per game. So one and a half over the last four games when you're in the playoff hunt can certainly feel disappointing in some aspects. But I think that may change this week. Yes, it's a tough matchup. Detroit's O-line allows only about a sack per game, but not only is Parsons the best to do it, uh, with, but with so much attention paid to his non-holding calls recently, they've, they've gone over and over this. It's, it's made a, made its rounds around social media and uh, some of the news outlets. All these examples of him of him clearly being held, and I don't know, remember how many quarters, but it's something like 26 quarters in a row they have not called a holding penalty uh, on someone blocking Parsons when they clearly should have. My guess is, and we've seen this with some different aspects of, of uh, penalties, uh, obviously uh, offensive offsides, and we've seen it some with how uh, tackles line up. When 
the media and social media gets hold of something that they think the referees are missing usually we see the correction the following week so i'm expecting the referees the referees before the game will often go over to the sidelines and 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 tell the teams, the things that they're looking for, things to watch out for. Hey, make sure you do this. Make sure you don't do that. Uh, my guess is the referees will make it clear to the Lions that they will be watching more carefully this week. That could and should allow Parsons a little bit more breathing room. He almost had several sacks last week against um, the Dolphins. The Dolphins are really hard to sack. They get the ball out super quick. And even with that, Parsons still almost had several sacks. So uh, if you've been hanging with Parsons so far, there's no way you can sit him this week even in what looks like a tough matchup and a drought look what we just talked about with miles garrett now miles had a way better matchup but nonetheless garrett was on a sackless streak but he was still playing great you got to keep firing these guys up you'd hate for parsons to have a blow-up game and you benched him because you got tired of uh, him not getting sacks right i'd rather be burned by parsons not performing than to be burned by sitting him and having him perform absolutely then, then you have all, all off season like i'm going to have with the zaire frank Franklin, Jordan Hicks, Alex Anzalone <laughs> issue. Now, speaking of Jordan Hicks, he was activated from injured reserve on on uh, during the week and then began his 21-day window practicing, and he practiced full all week long. Then Hicks was elevated to the active roster, active roster on Saturday, and Irvin, uh, uh, Ivan Pace was banged up in in injured limited practicing most of the week so it was a no-brainer if hicks is elevated is active and pace is inactive the problem was they they activated both of them they both were ready to play the game they started hicks in week 16 he wore the green dot he took 100 percent of the snaps and meanwhile pace only took 38 percent of the snaps and troy die didn't take any in fact patrick jones was the the, the second highest snap count at linebacker for the and he took 68 percent so Hicks just turned around and, and he had nine total tackles, six solos, three assists, and he had a QB hit and a, a pass defended. So Hicks is obviously going to be a, a a big part of this this Vikings defense on Monday night against Green Bay. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about this uh, Rams-Giants matchup. I like multiple players in this matchup. Um Kind of like I like a lot of the guys that we saw tonight. Um, Ernest Jones and the Rams safeties should be productive with Tyler Ty, Tyrod Taylor under center. Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of history of Tyrod. Uh, having a pretty healthy mix of quarterback scrambles and dumping it off to running backs and to tight ends. Uh, when he came in the game last week, there was a ton of all three of those still present. And obviously he's got a great tight end and a great running back in Saquon Barkley and Darren Waller. So I'm expecting a lot of activity over the middle of the field. That's going to be where Jones and these Rams safety sit. Um, on the other side of this Rams offense, has been highly productive, particularly lately when they've had all three of their offensive weapons uh, kind of clicking. They've been highly productive to linebackers and defensive backs. So if you got Bobby Okereke and you got Xavier McKinney, I think it's a good week this week. Good call. 
Uh, edge rusher Bradley Chubb has multiple sacks in back-to-back outings. He has three multiple sack games this season and 11 total sacks on the year. Now, he faces Baltimore this week, and the Ravens are allowing o- only about two and a half sacks a game. But they do have a scrambling quarterback in Lamar Jackson. And while he is elusive, he does tend to run into sacks and create sacks for uh, edge rushers. So Van Ginkle and Chubb could possibly garner the two, two and a half sacks that that the the Ravens might allow this week. I like Chubb this week in, in, in big play scoring systems, not in tackle heavy systems. Yeah, man, he's been playing out of his mind lately. Um, part of the reason the Dolphins' defense have been playing so well. Yep. Um, if you've been riding Carl Granderson, I think he's going to uh, have a, a strong end for you. He's got a great matchup to close out the season. Uh, not necessarily in terms of big plays, although that's okay. It's really in the tackle uh, category. Uh, the Buccaneers have been a top 10 team for DL tackles all season, averaging between twenty, uh, sorry, 15 and 20 DL tackles per game for much of the season. Uh, they're a little tougher on sacks, but but not too bad. They give about a, a sack and a half per game and about two tackles for loss per game. Um, but uh, if you've got Granderson, I think this is going to be a good week. This could be one of those weeks he racks up five, six, seven, maybe even eight tackles for you. Nice way to close out the championship season. And Granderson is certainly somebody you most likely picked up on the wire or drafted very late. He's really coming big. He's going to close out as a top five DL for us. Yeah, he's been he's been really hot lately. To, I mean, that's just when you got Cameron Jordan not performing the way we thought he would all season long and Granderson picking up that slack. Now, with Kazir White and Josh Woods both on injured reserve, the Cardinals have turned to Chris Barnes, a former Packers linebacker, to man the middle of this defense. Now, he fared well in in uh, Week 16. He posted nine total tackles. Um, he took all but one defensive snap, and he thus took 69 of the 70 snaps for the Cardinals. He had six solos and three assists. Now, if big plays are what you seek, then Barnes is not a good option as he's mostly just a tackle supplier. But if you are in t- tackle-heavy leagues, Barnes is a sleeper. Yeah, good, good call. Uh, and what we're looking for here really is a combination of uh, making sure you know to keep starting your studs. We're trying to show you good matchups that are coming and uh, giving you some um, strong support for players like Parsons and whatnot who might not, who might not have uh, looked like uh, they they are going to finish strong. But also some of these deeper plays that that right. you know we all need. We're all scraping the bottom of the of the barrel. Just, looking you know, for that it, diamond in the rough. Yeah, absolutely. It is a war of attrition. Uh, so I'm going to close out. I'm going to stick with the Arizona uh, Cardinals. Uh, a couple other uh, Arizona's IDPs this week. Uh, um, first of all, I think this is going to be yet another get right game for Philly, as we saw last week against the Giants. Put up some good, solid numbers. Um, uh, they've been particularly productive to uh, safeties and defensive backs. So uh, Buda Baker, who's had a great He's had a renaissance season. Uh, you know, remember he he got injured very early, missed like you know the first third of the season. But man, he's been on fire ever since he's been back. Uh, him and Jalen Thompson, I think, are both going to produce for us during championship week. So, um, all right, that'll wrap us up for the uh, for the uh, the advice heading into the um, championship week. Now we get into the parts uh, where we make sure that you don't have any sort of uh, you don't wake up and all of a sudden you see a big O. And and z- and zeros out when you realize that there's somebody who did not actually play this week who you needed desperately. 
desperately. We're going to start with the big injured reserves and then move on to our notable injuries and in news. Yeah, I'll start with there's there's um, three defensive linemen, two linebackers, and three safeties landed on injured reserve. Jordan Phillips, Buffalo wrist. Quinton Jefferson on the Jets hip. Jeffrey Simmons, Tennessee knee. Linebackers were Josh Woods, Arizona with a neck. J- J- Jake Gibbons, uh, Tennessee back. Jimmy Ward, Houston quad. Amani Hooker, Tennessee knee. And Julian Blackman, Indianapolis shoulder. We talked about him a little bit earlier. Well, he's done for the year. Now, these next players that I'm going to list, they they are all questionable. And I'm going to break it down into two groups. Um, the first group is going to be uh, players that are questionable have, but have yet to practice this week or were downgraded to did not practice on Thursday. And they are as follows. Defensive tackle Jonathan Ledbetter, Arizona knee. T- uh, defensive lineman Tadaro um, Slayton, Green Bay, knee and a foot. Defensive end, Will Anderson Jr., Houston, ankle. Defensive end, Jonathan Greenard, uh, Houston, ankle. Defensive tackle, Malik Collins, Houston, hip. Defensive tackle, Sheldon Rankins, Houston, ankle. If you can play defensive tackle, please call Houston Texans. Defensive end, Ar- Eric Armstead, San Francisco, foot and knee. Defensive tackle, Draymond Jones, Seattle, shoulder. And defensive end, Mario Edwards Jr., Seattle, knee. Linebackers, Zaven Collins, Arizona, ankle. Frankie Louvu, Carolina, quad. Baron Browning, Denver, concussion. Devondre Campbell, Green Bay, neck. Kenneth Murray, um, Chargers, shoulder. Alandon Roberts, Pittsburgh, pectoral. Jordan Brooks, Seattle, ankle. Shaq Barrett, Tampa Bay, groin. And then cornerbacks, Brandon Stevens, Baltimore, ankle. Troy Hill, Carolina, concussion. J.C. Horn, Carolina, toe. Stephen Nelson, Houston, foot, hamstring, hand. Legereus Sneed, Kansas City, calf. Byron Murphy, Minnesota, knee. Jalen Mills, New England, concussion. Jabril Peppers, New England, hamstring. Darius Slay, Philadelphia, knee. Minka Fitzpatrick, Pittsburgh, knee. Jair Brown, San Francisco, knee. Carlton Davis the third, Tampa Bay, concussion. Percy Butler, Washington wrist, and Benjamin St. Juice, Washington concussion. Now, as I mentioned, all of those players were pretty much did not practice on Wednesday and Thursday, or they were limited Wednesday and did got downgraded to did not practice Thursday. Now, the rest of these players I'm going to mention are all questionable, but they've been limited in practice this week or were did not practice Wednesday and got upgraded to limited on, on Thursday. You'll have to pay attention to all of these players on Friday. Uh, David Onyemata on Atlanta, ankle. A.J. Epinesa, Buffalo rib. Cameron Jordan, New Orleans, ankle. Dexter Lawrence, New York Giants, hamstring. Sean Robinson, Giants, back. And now linebackers, Terrell Bernard, Buffalo, ankle. Marquise Haynes, Carolina, back. Denzel Perryman, Houston, ankle. Also Houston, Blake Cashman, hamstring. Zach Cunningham, Philadelphia, uh, and Nicholas Morrow, Philadelphia, knee and abdomen, respectively. Cornerback, Garrett Williams, Arizona. Arthur Mallett, Baltimore, both of them knees. Kyle Hamilton, Baltimore, with a knee. Micah Hyde, Buffalo, with a neck. We had talked about C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Detroit, with a pectoral injury. He has been limited all week. Dean, uh, Dean Leonard on the Chargers heel. Javon Holland, Miami, knee. Uh, Micah Blackman, Minnesota, shoulder and illness, and 
Deontay Banks on the Giants' shoulder, and Sean Murphy bunting Tennessee hip. All of them limited and are questionable. You have to check every single one of these guys come Friday's uh, practice report. Absolutely. And remember, we do have a game on Saturday, so make sure that you don't um, uh, get caught. Go- <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and it's a big one. It's it, it, it's that Detroit Dallas matchup. Lots of IDP goodness uh, lined up in there. You probably have a few of these people in in your in your uh, in one of your leagues. So, um, all right, that is going to wrap it up for us. Uh, this actually is going to be our last podcast of the season. As usual, we wrap up in in week seventeen. Most people who are playing in advanced leagues that include IDP also play in advanced leagues enough to not have to play on week eighteen. <laughs> uh so uh this should be everybody listen this this should be your your last um your last regular season game um if you are a fantasy point subscriber uh keep in mind that uh Thomas and I both will still be working on stuff uh between now and next season we're going to go do a deep dive on the dynasty rankings or a lot of stuff remember we pour a lot of information and a lot of research into draft position uh free agent signings all that sort of stuff we'll be looking at cap room and and everything else so uh we'll be posting stuff throughout the uh throughout the um winter and summer we'll occasionally pop on to this uh to this podcast feed if something big happens or maybe sometime around the draft as well and i'll be still doing prop bets throughout the uh throughout the playoffs Uh, i'll still still be doing the projections throughout the playoffs so if you join any kind of idp playoff format um i we will be doing the projections for uh, teams that are playing. So we still will be working all the way through to the Super Bowl. Um, hopefully everybody has enjoyed these podcasts. I know, uh, as always, Thomas, it's it's a pleasure to work with you all season long, even though we only spend half the season on the microphone, the rest of the time we're on the phone or texting. But um, it's a I, pleasure, man. Great I job this my, year. I tip my hat to you, Justin, because you, you do a very good job um, at keeping people informed. We both do, actually. But I'm impressed with the way you handle um, your not, you know, the way you distribute your knowledge and the fact that there's, you know, we're not perfect. We get it wrong to as much as we get it. Well, I wouldn't say as much, but we get it wrong and we get it right. So it, it, it all depends in the end, the decision-making is always upon the owner of the team and, and we can only give you advice and, and answer questions that you may have. So we, we enjoy doing this. Uh, I think we had a very successful season. Um, I, I know that some of us, we gave you some information that helped you. We gave you some information that didn't. So uh, in the end, what we would like from you is that if you would at least let us know if there's other things that we can do to help you next season. So go to discord right on the board there, or even, you know, uh, let us know somehow that there are certain things that you want us to cover and, or you want us to, to look into for the coming season. Absolutely. If you have any particular grievances, Thomas Simons' home address is one, two, three. (laughs) All right. Uh, For the final time this season, (laughs) what you got for me? Be well and be safe. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.